Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As integrative sustainable movement educators and health advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. Thank you for being part of our Courageitarians community. We're so grateful for the reviews you have written, the member support, and for all the notes that you send us through social media. You can find the show notes at wherethelotusgrows.com. Welcome back, Courageitarians. Welcome. Happy to have you. Today, we're going to be talking about living under the moon cycle. So this is a fairly new thing for me to start embracing into my life. And um, despite the, the modest appearance, the moon has a rhythm. And the rhythm has a great influence on us mentally and physically. I'm a fan of kundalini yoga. And it teaches us how to dance with the moon and feel the harmony and energy that it brings. So a proper balance between solar and lunar energy makes the whole body more balanced. The sun isn't too complex. It is either on or off. You can get burnt if you stay out too long. So it's pretty straightforward. And the moon is female energy. It has a different face every day. It waxes, wanes, shines, or hides. You may feel the moon's energy consciously or unconsciously. So what exactly is it that the moon does for you? In yoga philosophy, the human body is like a miniature of the universe. With everything that's in it, so the moon's energy is in us. The left-hand side of the body, to be precise, this is where your life energy or prana flows through the feminine channel called Ida. India represents lunar energy, which is cool, dark, calm, and emotional. Lunar energy is focused on rhythm and on living in the moment. And this is on the right side of the body, which energy flows through the pingula channel. The slower energy that is hot and bright, active and rational. So this energy is focused on higher goals and on the future. So in yoga philosophy, our bodies have 10,000 channels through which life energy flows. The main ones are Ida, Pingula, and Sushumi. Sushumna? Sorry, my Sanskrit is so difficult I don't know if I say it right either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And they go up and down the spine. Um, uh, they go up and down the spine. So uh, one goes down the center channel and then the other two kind of intertwine. We've kind of seen that serpentine intertwining before. And that's the other two. So the three channels um, converge in your coccyx and then go their separate ways. The India and Pingula crisscross, they're crossing um, and end in the left and right nostril respectively. Well, the the Shinuna goes straight up. So scientific studies um, seem to confirm the existence of the solar and lunar energy. 
And we know that each nostril is connected to the opposite brain hemisphere. So I think, Tanya, you're going to talk to us a little bit about the moon phases today. Yeah. So, um, and I love, I love your topic and I love the uh, Kundalini approach to it and kind of um, the male, female, you know, sun, moon stuff. And hello, Jessa. Welcome. (laughs) Um, But I do, I wanted to back up and just do just a little bit of the science about how the moon cycles around our planet. So just like the earth cycles around the sun, the moon cycles around the earth. Um, But what's interesting, and I don't know if it's commonly known, is that, um, you know, the earth turns on an axis. We know that and kind of how it goes around the sun. The lunar axis, though, is aligned with the surface of the earth because of the gravitational force between the earth and the moon we only see one side of the moon all the time so it's kind of locked in so it doesn't rotate the way that the earth rotates around the sun um so the only way to even look at the the dark side of the moon (laughs) is to travel behind there with a satellite or a spacecraft um but this is how the moon is kind of tied to the earth and i think it's a reason why the moon cycle has been Uh, very steady uh, point throughout human history why the moon has been used. Uh, So the moon cycles around the earth every 29 and a half days. So a complete moon cycle is about approximately a month. Um, And the moon cycle begins with a new moon when the moon is completely dark and invisible and it grows in shape until it reaches the full moon and then shrinks again back to the dark of the new moon. And then the in-between, we know it's waxing and waning. So the waxing and waning is when it's growing towards the full moon and when it's coming off the full moon to to being um, new moon again. So uh, before it orbits the Earth, um, the lunar phases, how do I want to put this? Um, So the we know it to be new moon as it builds or waxes we see it like as a crescent and then it goes to uh first quarter the gibbous moon and then uh comes to the full moon and then it goes back down to the waning and the waning crescent so does that make sense the way that i described it it does okay so Um, yeah go ahead Oh, so say those phases seem very important to finding flow in our life. Yes, so they definitely are. And as we progress with this conversation, then I'm going to kind of talk about, I have to disclose the moon thing is also not my thing. Your interest in it piqued my interest in it. And I had to go to, uh, use an air quotes, an expert, which was, I went to my mom (laughs) (laughs) who, um, who has a little bit more experience with this kind of stuff. Um, And she kind of gave me a little bit more background on how the moon is used. Um, And I think you're specifically looking at it through the lens of like Kundalini and Kundalini yoga, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then my hope is to kind of throw in a little bit of um, what the phases of the moon could mean for how to live your life by it. In different ways. So if you want to give a little bit more about 
you know, breathing and the, the idia, pingula, shashumna kind of kundalini <laughs> part. And then I'll tell you a little bit more about the, the waxing and the waning and what you can, how you can use that to your advantage. And Jess is just going to shout in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, throughout the day, you may notice that sometimes you're breathing out of one nostril more so than the other. And I remember when I first uh, heard someone suggest this to me, you know, just taking your finger and, and placing it underneath the nostrils throughout the day and just noticing if it changes. That was really um, intriguing to me. So how long your solar or lunar side dominates is a very personal matter. So try breathing in one side of your nostril three times. So I'll just give a moment. Let's, for example, maybe just think about breathing in and out of the left. Okay. One more time in and out of that left. And now let's try to think about switching it over to the right and breathing in and out of the right. Do you feel more balanced? I mean, I do. I, I also feel like this is like I have used alternate nostril or um, Nani Shodana for a long time to balance breath. So maybe I'm a, a little predisposed, but hopefully those listening along, <laughs> if they've never done it before, also felt that shift or a little yeah. bit of balance. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when I'm really nervous um, and I or I'm a little agitated, right? I'll breathe just out of my left nostril and kind of cool my body. If I'm having a hard time balancing my intellectual with my creative side, and I know I need to be focused, sometimes I'll do alternate nostril breath um, to bring balance. But exercises like this, whether it be meditation or mantras, help balance the solar and lunar energy. So when India and, and Pingula are simultaneously active, energy can flow through that middle channel, the shasuna. A, a moment like this is called kundalini energy, may be awakening. And this energy lives in the body of your spine like a sleeping coiled snake. So kundalini is about awakening this energy and letting flow happen in the body. And this allows for growth. Your attitude is more aware and alert. And you feel with the ups and downs that you can handle things um, better. You have more resiliency, the ability to self-regulate, and you feel happier and relaxed. Nice. So I did in my research of looking at um, the, you know, and kind of living by the phases of the moon then kundalini was mentioned, and there are two areas, I'll bring it up as we as I discuss, but two areas where in a kundalini practice you would fast and just have lemon water for the whole day, and that's the first day of the new moon. Um, and then I believe it is, I'm looking at my notes, also the full moon. Um, 
So those would be points according to the Kundalini tradition because energy is either full or has depleted that you would want to conserve that energy and fast, which I found was really interesting. So in the beginning, the new moon, when it's dark and it's moving from new to full, it's called waxing. Um, and it, according to some, or at least according to my mom, as we were discussing, this is a great time to create. Jessica really wants to talk while I'm talking. Create and conceive ideas. So, and additionally, it's it's usually if your menstrual cycle is in sync with the moon cycle, um, creating or conceiving is also aligned with uh, creating or conceiving in life. So that I felt was interesting. Um, it's the best time to consider what you want to manif- what you want to manifest, or what your plans are. Then as it moves into the crescent moon or the waxing crescent moon, this is the best time to set an intention or to put your desires out there. During the first quarter um, is when you should take action. And then the gibbous moon, three days before it becomes full, um, that's where visualization, construction, being of service is really important. The full moon brings fruition and that's when you should acknowledge, you know, whatever it is you set your intention for, you should acknowledge that maybe you've um, manifested whatever it is. And that's a really good time to give gratitude. Um, Additionally, as the moon begins to wane and it goes from full back down again, then that's a good time to make important decisions start to uh, remove things from your life that no longer serve you and to tie up loose ends or to teach others. The last quarter is a little bit about releasing the old. So it's a great time to release old patterns or habits. And then 72 hours or three days before the new moon is a really good time for meditation and contemplation, obviously, so that you can start to create and conceive again. So kind of using those cycles, that cycle, which this is really interesting that you brought this up. And then I was like, oh, I would like to try this for a month and kind of see um, if I could follow this and and just kind of, uh, you know, like research standpoint (laughs) and see what comes from it. And to see if, you know, my mom said everything so casually, like, yeah, of course you just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) This is a time for planting seeds and this is a time for, you know, sowing and this is a time for reaping the rewards of the harvesting and um, just made it sound like everybody knows that. And I really, I really think that that's not the way that we really um, do things anymore. So it was very interesting and I I would kind of like to do a little research, just a little thought experiment to try it and see. well, it seems like an intuitive cycle that we're familiar with, but to align mm-hmm. our life with it, um, especially mm-hmm. when there are so many demands, that I think is the hard part. Mm-hmm. No, abs- absolutely. I totally agree. And then I found it interesting that even when I was on different websites and kind of looking and confirming some of the things that my mom said and kind of filling in a little bit of the, you know, just 
little bits of the research for my own uh, benefit than to see, you know, Kundalini mentioned and the fasting and, you know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. um, which leads me to, I was going to, you know, going right into the, to the um, third part of our discussion, many other cultures use the lunar calendar fully. So like, um, for example, Islam uh, uses the lunar calendar. Um, Chinese and other Asian cultures use the lunar calendar. Or, uh, um, and oftentimes even uh, Judaism and Christianity use a loony solar calendar for like holidays. So Easter and Passover often are based on the lunar calendar. Um, and then other holidays like Diwali, uh, Rosh Hashanah, another Jewish holiday, Ramadan, an Islamic holiday, um, all use the lunar calendar uh, for, you know, when the, so the holiday falls based on the moon cycle and not the, the Gregorian calendar that we use. Additionally, the calendar for way long before uh, the Gregorian calendar, what we use to do time, the lunar calendar really still does give a lot of information. Like I said, for farming, so planting, sowing and harvesting, but also for hunting and fishing. And um, I know I brought it up already, but, you know, many women, their menstrual cycle is linked up with the moon and the phases of the moon and sleep can uh, be very much affected by the phases of the moon. And then we also know that, you know, tides and the, the movement in the ocean and whatnot have a lot to do with gravitational pull of the moon as well. Yeah, and moon bathing really helps us balance our um, hormones. And I think so many people are afraid to go out at night or they're just exhausted. And we forget that being out in the moonlight, especially that full moon, uh, when it's so bright, is really great time for us to heal mm-hmm. um, and be around that. Yeah, the menstrual cycles, I've, I have found this really cool app um, called MyFlow, F-L-O. Mm-hmm. And um, what I like about that app is that it helps you schedule um, your life based on uh, what's happening. So you put in your cycle and then they ask, they track, like different things um, for you. And once they, you've got that, then you can look back and they'll start to make recommendations. So they'll say like, you know, here's maybe what your root cause is with the cycle being in balance or out of balance. They give you some food fixes, um, some lifestyle fixes um, to consider. And then they also help you schedule your life um, according to your cycle phases. So they'll say, you know, for example, you're in ovulation and, you know, what is good, this is what's happening in your focus. And so for example, um, it's really good uh, for you to have heightened communication skills during this time. So maybe it's a good idea to pitch ideas or to negotiate or work with a um, work with your teams. They give you exercise focuses. So they'll say, you know, perhaps today's a better time for you to um, burn up energy. Um, and so you can do high impact or perhaps this is a time that you do low impact. They make food suggestions um, that help with balancing as far as like what vegetables or what fruits and fats might work well with your metabolism. They even have, um, you know, you can sync with your partner if you're having sex 
and uh, they can be on the same, um, so, you know, know where your cycle is and when perhaps um, you want to have more sex in your life and other times you don't. Um, and so they go through each of those uh, four phases for you, which nice. I found really interesting. And I know we have a friend and um, she actually schedules her workshops based on uh, the moon cycle. Right. She does both business really planning. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like business planning based on the moon cycle. I think that's super fascinating. It um, is. I'm I, just trying to figure out my personal <laughs> life and she's got it out exactly. on the business and it's so inspiring. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's impressive. <laughs> well, and like I said, this little science experiment and it would be fun to check in at a later episode and maybe instead of reading a comment in the beginning or, you know what I mean? We usually mm-hmm. uh, do a little something before we get started. It would be really interesting to um, just do a little recap of, hey, I've done this for the last month. And this is what I found out <laughs> just briefly, because uh, I really do want to use this as an experiment, because I really liked the idea of, you know, using it to set an intention and to, uh, you know, move forward. So, uh, stating that um today when the day that we're recording this it won't be the day that we come that it comes out it'll come out a little bit later but um today is april 29th and um we're day 25 through the cycle so a waning crescent so the new moon is only what does that mean that's five days away or four days away. So then it would be interesting to start that new moon cycle four days away. And then the next time that we get together to record, then maybe uh, I'll have some more insight for that because I'll have gone through a month actually following the, the lunar cycle. I also wanted to comment as you were talking about that app, and I, I think I am going to download it and see what it does for me. It's a little off topic, but I... Um, listened to a podcast and was doing a little research on uh, a cardiologist named uh, Dr. Eric Topol. He's been doing a lot of talk lately about using AI, artificial intelligence, to help us with our health. And as you were talking about, you know, tracking your cycle through an app and then it giving you health-based suggestions, mm-hmm. um, then it just reminded me of his talk um, regarding using um, our phones to diagnose and treat certain things or when we can better, you know, when we're at optimum health for different things based on knowing that and tracking it through health device of our phones. So um, his his kind of uh, argument is even though artificial intelligence and, and giving your health information <laughs> to AI seems a little scary, that the algorithms that are there, just like you, you were talking about the algorithms um, with your cycle that follow your cycle, can offer some good tips. Um, he's saying kind of the same thing that, um, you know, using artificial intelligence to track things like your sleep and your heart rate. Um, and your blood pressure and those kind of things could eventually make good decisions for you health-wise and ways to improve your health. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that. I think he's a pretty popular guy. So if you just Google Eric Topol, Dr. Eric Topol, then you'll have uh, have that information. It's T-O-P-O-L. So I just kind of wanted to, as you were saying that, I'm like, oh, that, that ties in a little bit to what you were talking about as far as using this app and the app making suggestions for you based yeah, on I think what you're that, going through. Yeah, because it gives you the 
the bigger picture idea. So, you know, I've been, she wrote a book called um, The Woman Code, and uh, I'm going through kind of the change of life. So I'm struggling and balancing my hormones and was sharing that. But, you know, for example, this, this app will say you've experienced this system five times this cycle and three times last cycle and an average of two times over all your previous cycles. I mean, that is kind of bigger picture information that holds me accountable to take control of my health and right. really make those changes. Right. Yeah. And, and, and some to of be things, more connected internally. Yeah. And I was talking about this um, with Nick over the weekend. You know, I was saying, you know, gosh, remember when I did, uh, I used to do my coconut water and I used to do this green tea shot and I kind of got away from it. And he goes, you did. And I said, and sure enough, you know, it's recommending that I go back to that stuff. And so, nice. you know, you kind of, I kind of needed that reminder of, Hey, remember we used to have this stuff on auto ship and <laughs> you know, I got away <laughs> from it for whatever reason. And, you know, could we get it back? <laughs> Cause it was really making a difference. It turns out. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, well, Kundalini really Yoga awesome. was brought to the West by Yogi Bayan and um, this energy can be uh, microcosmos with how the energy of the sun and the moon play on your person, on your being. But it can always be greater. Um, you know, you can create this greater relationship between you and the universe. And I think to live by the rhythm of the moon, you have to give up some control and let yourself be guided by something that's much greater than yourself. Because the moon goes across every zodiac sign. So every organ gets attention at a fixed moment. And the organ in turn comes with a monthly theme for you to concentrate on. So the energy of the waxing moon, right, as you were talking about, puts pressure on an organ. Mm -hmm. And this pressure is at the highest when the moon is full and diminishes as the moon wanes. So through balanced nutrition, exercise, meditation, uh, yoga helps you prevent um, becoming unbalanced by this pressure as we're even learning through our friend, right? You can even make the business pressures flow a little better for you. So if you're out of balance, this pressure leaves us feeling irritated, unsettled. And if you're in balance, the pressure has a purifying effect with greater balance um, to you physically, mentally, and spiritually. And so I think, you know, sometimes it's hard to give up that control and, and go with the flow of life and kind of organize our discipline around the natural ebbs and flows of nature. But uh, it's, it's, as I'm finding, can be quite rewarding and the struggle seems less. Yeah. Well, as you were saying that, like the, the challenge of, you know, giving up control, I was like, oh, but if you're finding, and this is what I'm excited about with this little experiment that I've just, as we've recorded this, decided I'm going to do, <laughs> is, um, relinquishing a little bit of that control might actually help because for me, like being prone to some type A, uh, well, prone to, <laughs> but being, <laughs> being very type A with a lot of things, like the idea of, even though it sounds a little intimidating, the idea of kind of assessing how things are going and then actually just looking at the calendar and being like, oh, maybe that has absolutely nothing to do with me could be more relieving than stressful. Like I could see it for myself being something that like, oh, you know, maybe it's not 
in my hands right now. And maybe that's okay. And maybe there's a better time to come back and revisit it. For me, like the idea of doing that and practicing that, getting in the hang of that actually um, seems kind of calming to relinquish some of that control and to say, hey, maybe it's not. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I, I think a lot of times we're all looking, even if you just dabble in astrology and fun of that kind of stuff or in the tarot or some of those things, like the idea that something can give us a little bit of guidance because otherwise it's just us out there by ourselves. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the idea that there could be a little bit of guidance or a little bit of reason, even if it's just the tiny little bit of, well, perhaps today isn't the right day. And if it's the, if it's your horoscope or if it's the, the energy of the moon, you know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. it's nice to just have, and essentially all it is, is you're giving yourself permission to just, you know, release the pressure or whatever it is that you've put on whatever it is. Um, so it just, I, I kind of like the idea of that. It almost sounds a little more freeing in some ways. So experiment it said today on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) so Um, the ultimate accountability time that's right (laughs) so five days from now when we start the new this gets me I can gear up because right now according to some of the things that I've learned we're in the last part of this cycle right so we're in the waning descent so three days before the new moon is when I should be meditating and contemplating on my next round and that's coming up. So how auspicious that that lined up with this, that maybe a month from now I'll have a little follow-up as to how using the moon cycle has worked for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause absolutely. I like the idea of it. I like, I'm going to use the, implore the scientific method and see. And try it. it uh, yeah. So my hypothesis is just that it will, um, it will be beneficial to kind of live by the moon cycle and see how that feels. I think so. And I think, you know, this episode really um, has inspired me to dive deeper into it and really work on scheduling that way. And, you know, I also think too, if we understand how the moon cycle works and those um, pulls energetically, you know, perhaps it could improve our connection with our clients and our loved ones as well, as we'll understand mm-hmm. these struggles um, that they're facing and, and be able to have more empathy and grace with that. Nice. So I I like that too. (laughs) (laughs) When you rest properly at night, you can shine during the day. And by accepting that your body sometimes wants to go fast and sometimes wants to go slow, you can learn to live harmoniously. And so since I'm a person, you know, that is a type A personality and I'm always, you know, driving forward quickly and life, uh, having this my flow app and, and thinking about um, the moon cycles has given me permission to slow down. And it's okay if, for example, my personal practice is not as vigorous as it is on some days more than others. Mm-hmm. No, I like that a lot. And then finally, when we were researching this, you came across a podcast that you suggested that we listen to. So do you want to give a little shout out there before we end our episode? Um, Neither of us have listened to this yet, but that's on the to-do list as well, right? 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, so everyone knows my favorite uh, magazine is Happy's Art uh, Magazine, and that really is what inspired inspired um, the topic of today's discussion, uh, "The Rhythm of the Moon" by Astrid Maria Boshin, um, the My Flow app, um, who also uh, wrote "The Woman Code," and then Moon the Moon Magic podcast that Tanya just brought up um, with Sarah Gotsinder. And so. yeah, and so we'll have those links on uh, our resource notes and uh, we can listen to the Moon Magic podcast um, together at the same time. It was recommended by a podcast that I love to listen to, Bliss and Grit. Mm-hmm. And so they always have some great resources. So I'm kind of going off of their suggestion. <laughs> right. And, and we'll listen to that later this week. Excellent. Oh, well, thank you for bringing this up, Kim. This is so exciting. It's like a new, a new venture, and it seems like great, great timing. For the rest of you out there, the Courageitarians, we hope that you continue to love to listen and support us. If you have any questions, thoughts, comments, if you live by the moon cycle, hit us up on uh, wherethelotusgrows.com and all things Where the Lotus Grows in social media. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Where the Lotus Grows. Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at wherethelotusgrows.com, where the lotus grows on Instagram and Facebook, or Twitter, where the lotus g1, because we were not on top of that one. Remember that though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.